Welcome to a monthly podcast presenting a brand new translation of the Bible by me, David Tuckman. Each episode, guests try to read one chapter of the Bible that I've translated while I make sarcastic comments. We are here at the Parkside Lounge. It is February 18th. It is President's Day. Uh, it is episode five, and the past month has been absolutely extraordinary. You might be a new listener because if you read about this podcast on a blog called The Juniverse or on Jewish Atheists, you may have joined for this episode. If this is your first new episode, welcome aboard. Uh, you might have listened to all the previous ones because it is a sequential story, so thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy it. Um, in the past month, this is absolutely crazy, we had our best month for downloads so far. Before this month, uh, January was our best month, we had about 799 downloads. It's around the middle of February. Since this went up on Juniverse, we've had over 950 downloads. So thank you so much for that. The show is now listened to in 32 countries. And finally, I've been looking at the map of the United States since the show started. Finally, somebody in South Dakota has downloaded it. So thank you, whoever you are. I hope you're still listening. We've had a lot more great reviews. Some people have said some really nice things. Some people have sent me some wonderful emails. Thank you so much for them. If you haven't reviewed yet, please go into iTunes, write a review. It takes just a few minutes, and it's great for the algorithm. It helps people know that the show is good and that people like it. Uh, and if you want to send me an email, if you have any feedback at all, you can send me an email at omgwtfbible at gmail.com. That's enough of the preamble. Are you guys ready for your guests? Let's get her up on stage. My guest for episode five is a cartoonist who I've known for a while. She has contributed to the hairpin. She also writes articles for the all. Please welcome to the stage, Esther Werdiger. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah, can you can take it out, yeah. I haven't held the microphone. You can. Since I was in high school. Um, and I'm already feeling sick with power again, so... <laughs> it's great. Trouble. All these people are under your control right now. <laughs> yes, You can walk are. around the stage, too, if you want. It feels very nice. Pace a little. It's not great for podcast listeners, but <laughs> how are you doing today, Esther? I'm good. Thank you, David. Great. Yeah. You had an article that went up on the wall, the all recently. Uh, yes, just um, last weekend. Yes. Um, I wrote an essay about um, a Hasidic pop star called Lipa Schmelzer. <laughs> yes. It's a great name, right? Yes, it is. I love that name. Yeah. Just the name Lipa because it reminds me of the Long Island... Um, the Long Island energy provider. The Long Island power authority. Yes. I, it actually always reminds me of, because like Schmelzer obviously reminds me of like Schmaltz. Yes. And Lippa always reminds me of like lipid, like a lipid. <laughs> right, so I think yes. of like, I think of like fat, fat, you know, <laughs> and it's just like a, sh it's a schmaltzy name. Yes. Anyway, he's great. So I, he, he's intrigued me for a while. So I thought I would write like a comprehensive piece on like the current landscape of like uh, contemporary Hasidic pop music and kind of where he fits in in, in yes. the whole picture. So, yeah, check it out. I really liked it. It was really fun. Um, so I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to ask you some of the questions that I usually ask my guests on the show. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your background in Judaism, where you come from, um, what your relationship is? That's a lot. How about just how you were raised? So um, I can't say anything crazy because my sister's in the audience. <laughs> What's up? Um, we, our family is 
we, we, I grew up like Orthodox. Okay. Um, I'm one of seven children. Um, my grandparents are all. I mean, in Melbourne, everyone's grandparents are Holocaust survivors. Everyone's yeah. obsessed with the Holocaust. Because why else would um, you be in Australia? Why else would you be in Australia? They were running away from something. <laughs> um, so we we were raised Orthodox with kind of a I call it like an alternative Hasidic kind of slant. Mm -hmm. Like my my parents are quite. Um, Religious, but also quite cool, I guess, like legitimately as far as parents go. Cool. Um, but I went to a Jewish day school. I went to Jewish camp. Um, yeah, the whole thing. I went, to se I went to seminary. I went to three seminaries. Wow. Yeah. What, did you get kicked out of the first two? What happened? <laughs> um, no, I didn't. I completed I did the whole thing. Oh, wow. All of them. Okay. Yeah, I was very studious. Cool. And what do you do now? Um, actually, I have, a, I have a very Jewy job. Um, I'll preface that by saying that I work in an office and I sit between two women who are both called Esther, <laughs> <laughs> which is also my name, which is, no one realizes that everyone, like Esther's, no one realizes that it's a very common name. Like, I realize that if you're not Esther, you have a sister, a mother, an aunt, a grandmother, or a great aunt called Esther. Yeah. It's like, it creeps up on you. No one thinks of it as a very popular name, but everyone's called Esther. So, um, it's, it's very appropriate that we have you on this week. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. Well, this is, is my birthday month. That's oh, why I'm yeah. called okay. Esther. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. So, um, I work at a Jewish nonprofit uptown, and I am their marketing director and events coordinator. Cool. And then in my free time, I, I, I illustrate and I write comics. Mm -hmm. and I write and things like that. I have a podcast as well. Yes, you do. Watch out. <laughs> what, what's your podcast called? Well, mine's a music show. Okay, so, so we're not in worry. direct No, no, don't worry, don't worry. It's called Sounds Ace, and I just, I, I play, like, lots of fun music. and. Yes, yeah. I, I really like your podcast, actually. Oh. It was, I discovered it after I knew that I knew you, and I was like, oh, wait, this is a person that I know. This is crazy, yeah. and it's really great. It cool. introduced Thank me you. to a lot of music that awesome. I wouldn't have heard otherwise. Cool. It's really great. Um... But Perm is in a week. That's yep. really cool. What are your plans? Well, because I work for this like very Jewish uh, organization, we make a lot of events. So I have to. I'm planning like a big party for that. Um, so it's going to be just a big kind of nerdy party. Mm -hmm. And it's back in Melbourne. My sisters and I would make these like balls out Purim parties. They're amazing. Um, and I also love dressing up as like crazy shit. Like I'm drawn to very puritanical costumes for some reason. Like <laughs> last year I was like. Emily Dickinson, Antichrist. Like a year before then, I was like a Mormon polygamist. Like, I just I like you know, and and our, our party this year is like Persian themed, okay. and like it, it it is taking all the restraint I have not to just come in a burqa. Like, <laughs> I I would love to. So anyway, that's my that's, that's my Saturday amazing. night plan, and then Sunday, that's who knows? Awesome. Yeah, I think that this podcast is very, I, you know, Purim was always my favorite holiday growing up. Yeah. And I was reading about Purim recently and the idea of Purim Torah and the idea of taking the Torah and making fun of it. <laughs> and I feel like this this is almost just doing that the entire year. Yeah, this is like a, this is a Purim spiel. Yeah, exactly. Your podcast is like the ultimate Purim spiel. That just lasts forever. For, yeah, the Purim spiel <laughs> that lasts forever. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, the one other question. Yes. Um, what's your, and I do this, I don't know why I do this, it's just an idea that I had to ask my guests this, but what's your earliest memory of me? Um, okay, so I'm going to narrow it down to a couple of things. Okay. So this is probably, um, okay, so I met David very briefly, probably like eight years ago, mm -hmm. and then... Um, through, through a friend of mine um, who was my best friend at the time called Becky. Yes. Becky became very famous because I made a song about her. And it was like in Jerusalem, it was like the hit, a hit of like summer 2005. It's a great song. I, I call it, 
serious like honestly if someone's a producer take this song the song has hit potential um the song is about how like this is my best friend she's much hotter than me every guy i like likes her it's oh, kind wow. of like a jolene kind of bitter thing but it's great it's a really i'm like genuinely proud of it so Sing it. Well, you have to. It's a uh, no. I can't. Well, no. Can you well, sing just just a piece? Just a, can you sing just a piece of it? Just a tiny piece? <laughs> some of the lyrics, maybe. Yeah, do you know what? Because some of the lyrics are kind of spoken, so uh, okay. maybe I'll say it. Let me just think. It's been a very long time since so I did this. No, please okay. don't. Please don't. Please don't. <laughs> it's already being recorded so anyway. A bit, I'm gonna put this back in because there are hand claps. Okay. I'm gonna just sing you a tiny little bit. It goes like this. Um, wait. Let me just think. <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. Eyes like shh, shh, shh. <laughs> hey, uh, please don't. Um, so there's a, there's a little bit of the song where it goes, elegant dame, threat to my game. <laughs> What's her name? <laughs> it's Becky. Anyway. Wow. So Thank you so much for that. So we met through Becky. <laughs> through Becky. Yes. Becky was at Hunter College with David. Yes. And I think um, maybe it was like a party at Becky's house or something. And I Something like that, yes. yeah. We met very briefly, and then we weren't really in touch until a couple months ago. Yeah. So, reunion. Reunion through Facebook, yeah. bringing the world together. Okay, so I think it's just about time for us to get into the, uh, the Torah portion cool. of this Torah yeah. portion podcast. Are you ready to read, Esther? I'm so ready. It's so funny because I'm like orthodox. Um, my bat mitzvah did not involve reading from the Torah. So is this the first time you're reading the Torah publicly? This is like, yeah, this is like the, this is like the, yeah, this feels real. This feels like today I am a woman. Well, you guys must be very honored to be here today as yeah. Esther becomes a woman. <laughs> it gets messy. <laughs> here we go. Okay. This is Torah, a loose translation, in the beginning, chapter 5, in which God says Avram on the first birthright trip ever. <laughs> <laughs> Famine strikes immediately, and some kings get into a fight. This is what went down with Terach. Terach birthed Avram, Nahar, and Haran. Haran was the baby daddy of Lot. In Ur custom, Haran died on his father Terach's face. So supposedly dying on somebody's face is a Hebrew idiom, and it means that you die while that person is still alive. I really, really hope that the Torah actually means this literally, and that Haran died while Terach was still alive, and also on top of his face. <laughs> Avram and Nahar took some women. Sarai was Avram's woman. Nahar's woman was Milka, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milka and Yiska. Actually, my first best friend was called Yiska, Sperling. Oh. And um, her mother told my mother that I was the rudest child she'd ever met. <laughs> um, I love Yiska dearly. Um, and she was, you know, when you're, you know, when you were little, and like someone would leave the school, and like you're sick, so you don't tell your friends. They just don't come to school one day, and they're just like gone out of your life. <laughs> and she lived very close to my parents, but I never ever saw her again. And um, I've looked her on Facebook so many times, and I've never found her. Oh. So, um, but that's that's my Yiska story. That's what happened to Yiska. That's yeah. amazing because I read these word, these names, and so many of them seem like names that nobody actually right. has. Like I've never met anybody named Terach. Right. But I'm so glad you know a Yiska. Yeah, well, Yiska is Jessica, actually. Oh, okay. Makes sense, right? Yeah, definitely. Crazy, crazy. Um, come to Parkside Lounge, your head will explode. <laughs> um, Sarai was a barren woman. There were no embryos in her. Jeez, Sarai. Sad face. Yeah. <laughs> Terach took his son Avram, Lot, son of his son Haran, 
and his daughter-in-law Sarai, his son Avram's woman. So I could be getting this totally wrong, but everyone seems to translate the word kala, which usually means bride as daughter-in-law. So Sarai is the daughter-in-law of Terah, which means that Sarai, I was all ready to admit that Sarai was Avram's wife. I'm still waiting because I still haven't seen that word yet, but family gatherings in Israel, if Kala means both bride and daughter-in-law must be incredibly confusing. <laughs> um, they all left Orkastim with him to go to the land of Canaan. They got as far as Haran where they lived. Terach lived for 205 years before dying in Haran. It's so funny because you know how in the Middle Ages people lived till they were like 13. Yeah. So but back then medicine was amazing. Right, yeah. So there was a point where everyone lived to like 100, like NBD. Nine and then there was a point where like, you know, oh. no one had any teeth. You died at 13 in like childbirth. And now Yeah, these today. guys wait until they're 99 to have a kid. I know. <sighs> What's up with that? Get out of here. Oh, okay. Wait. Yes. Yeah, that's, Get yeah. out of here, Jehovah told Avram. I can't say it with a Y because that's actually God's name and the jury's still out on that I whole understand. thing. So, <laughs> um, Leave your land, your birthplace, and the home of your father to the land I will show you. Okay. Uh, his father is dead, so it's not like he has a serious emotional connection anymore. Also, they just moved. It's not his birthplace. He's no longer in his birthplace anymore. The whole family left Orkastim over a hundred years ago while Terach was still alive. I guess Karan, Karan could be the same country as Orkastim, but Yehovah might not be too into specifics, I guess. Right. Just bad with directions, maybe. Yeah. I will make you a large nation, bless you, and make your name totally awesome. You're going to be such a blessing that I'll bless those who bless you. Also, I'll curse those who curse you. All families of the earth will bless you. Yeah, that's totally how Jewish history went. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at us now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> says the Holocaust Thanks, excessive. Jehovah. Avram went where Jehovah told him with Lot in tow. I wonder if, you know, he just pointed out a destination to him or he was like giving him turn by turn directions, like some kind of GPS. ancient GPS system, like <laughs> turn left at sand dune, walk 7,000 paces, arriving at random tent on right. <laughs> Avram was 75 when he left Haran. He took his woman, Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions that collected and all the souls they had made in Haran and left to go to the land of Canaan. They got to the land of Canaan. <laughs> I love that. That's like the anti-Tolkien. <laughs> That's amazing. The Hobbit would be the short, or the Lord of the Rings would be the shortest book series ever if they took lessons from the Bible. Um, but it's interesting because you just said all the souls they had made in Haran, which is a weird thing to say because it's weird to say that you make souls, right? Well, actually, um, and I, I, I learned, well, it, at my school we learned Hebrew and French. Yes. Um, because we were very Jewish, but also fancy. <laughs> and I, I remember, I remember my, um, my like, oral examination for Hebrew, and I remember when I had to say, like, there are nine people in my family. That mm -hmm. It translates to nine souls. Right. Right, so that's just when you talk about a person, mm -hmm. which is perhaps a very beautiful concept because every person is a soul. Yes. 
and not just a, a husk of a body. Not just a husk of a body, yeah. and, and and a soul is God. We're yes. all we're all just. Well, that well, that, I'm going to get to that oh, because oh. it actually I remember learning in Hebrew school when I was growing up that it was actually people who Avram had converted to Judaism and he had created their souls by bringing them, in, or not wow. Judaism, in, into believing into monotheism. in Jehovah, oh. uh, monotheism or believing in Jehovah. We'll get to the idea of monotheism in this towards the end, I think. Um, and they, as you just said, second souls had been added to them, so these souls were brought into being. They'd really been acquired. What I also think is interesting is that the list is Sarai, Lot, the possessions, and then the people. <laughs> I wonder what these like possessions were, just like yeah. a DVD play. Like, what yeah, is it already? Exactly. <laughs> just some gold things, like cups that don't really work. <laughs> Avram reached Shrem and the Oak of Moray. At this time, the Kanani occupied the land. I mean, it was called the land of Canaan. That's, that's pretty. Thank you. Jehovah appeared to Avram. So this is the first time, I think, that Jehovah actually appears to anyone, which means that before, whenever he's spoken to people, all they've just heard is his voice. They've just heard this disembodied voice shouting at them and telling them to do things, which is awesome. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's all I got. I am... He appears. He appeared to Avram. I remember, I feel like this is actually in relation to Moses later on, but they talk about like how when God would appear, what Moses would see was like, so when a man wears the tefillin, yeah. like the way the tefillin are knotted at the back of the neck. This is season two, by the way. So, oh, you, you get to that? But <laughs> it would talk, yeah. it would talk about yeah. how like, that's what Moses would see, the knot of the tefillin at the back of the neck. Yes. That was like the bit of God he would see. Interesting. Okay, I'm going to give this land to your offspring, Jehovah told him. Immediately, Avram built an altar to Jehovah, who had been revealed to him. He left Shechem and went to the hill country in the east of Beit El. There with Beit El to the west, and I on the east, he pitched his tent. Uh, if you know what I mean. <laughs> he built another... I mean he built a temporary shelter. <laughs> he built another altar to God and called out the name Jehovah. Jehovah! Jehovah. Jehovah. You don't have to do it. I cave, I, cave, uh, I cave so quickly. I'm like a fickle, I'm a real fickle woman. Bit by bit, Avram traveled to the Negev. There was a famine in the land. Avram went down to Mitzrayim to stay there for a bit because the famine was really bad. Again, uh, Mitzrayim is Egypt, supposedly, but I'm going to keep calling it Mitzrayim mostly out of spite for my Hebrew teachers. <laughs> Actually, we had a teacher um, who was particularly sadistic. This is third grade. And when you were sent to the corner, the corner was called Mitzrayim. And she would, like, exile you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's amazing because there's food in Mitzrayim. There's food in Mitzrayim. Oh, she, um, yeah, yeah. she was the worst. This is the first time there's been enough stools for me to sit. That's why I'm sitting right now. I just noticed. Have seen Canaan? Is that considered Israel? We've just been asked if Canaan is considered Israel. We think so. Um, but who knows, really? But like in terms of the Bible, do you think that's what it means? In terms of the Bible, we think that Canaan means Israel. Um, but this is still very, very early on, so we don't, I mean, the borders are kind of defined based on uh, relativistic terms, so it's hard to really know. And also the land officially hasn't really been given. To yes, exactly. Yet. It's just been sort of vaguely promised. Yep. Next month. <laughs> Tune in. When they got close to Mitzrayim, Avram... Talk to his woman. Talk to his woman. Now, I know you're pretty hot, he said to Sarai, and if the Mitzrayim see you and say that's his woman, they'll kill me and take you alive. Tell them you're my sister, so that it will go well f for me for your sake, so that my life will, sp we'll so that my life will be spared for your account. The old sister trick. 
<laughs> it's I have like three brothers and I feel like I've been mistaken as like a couple like <laughs> with all of them yeah Aww. and there's a point you just give up and don't even like object anymore you're like yes which is the opposite yes this is my this. husband's passport like in the airport or whatever anyway yeah. when Avram got to Mitzrayim the Mitzrayim saw that the woman was just crazy hot Pharaoh's officers saw Sarai and told Pharaoh how bontastic she was. They took, <laughs> they took her to the house of Pharaoh, rewarding Abraham very well for her. Um, at what point, they never kind of specify, but at what point does like, like clearly like Pharaoh like fucks her at some point. Well, like, we'll see, yeah. Yeah, like there was, there's, yeah, it's... Didn't learn about that. Stra Spoiler time, alert. Spoiler alert. Strange times to be a woman, am I right? Yeah. Um, they took her to the house of Pharaoh, rewarding Abraham very well for her. They gave him sheep, oxen, donkeys, male slaves, female slaves, lady donkeys, and camels. Um, I think Avram's a pimp. <laughs> <laughs> Jehovah was not into it. He afflicted Pharaoh and Pharaoh's house with gross lesions because of Sarai, Avram's woman. What is this you have done to me? Pharaoh screamed at Avram. Why didn't you tell me she's your woman? How did Pharaoh know? He just got lesions and immediately realizes because he was fucking another dude's lady. Oh. Oh. <laughs> That's where the lesions came from. <laughs> why, did you why did you tell me she's your sister? Awkward. <laughs> I took her as my woman, but she's totally yours. Take her and go. Pharaoh ordered men to follow Avram and escort him, his woman, and everything he had with him out of Mitzrayim. So they, he kept everything that he had with him as he left Mitzrayim. He got to keep all of it. Total pimp. It's also weird because, like, why didn't, like, if, if Pharaoh was so apologetic about this little mix-up, yeah. like, I wonder if there was really any danger. I mean, I guess yeah. there was. I don't I, know. I don't know. <laughs> It's just, it's just like five hours. That, that's one for Rashi. Yeah. <laughs> Avram rose from Mitzrayim with his woman, all he had with him and Lot heading for the Negev. At this point, Avram was achingly rich in cattle, silver, and gold. His travels from the Negev took him back to Beit El, where he built an altar earlier in this chapter. <laughs> There <laughs> it's a reference. Yes. There, Avram called out to Jehovah by shouting, Jehovah. It's never clear whether or not Jehovah is into the whole yelling his name thing. <laughs> Lot, who was traveling with Avram, also had sheep, oxen, and tents. The land couldn't support them staying together. They had so many possessions that living like that was not going to work out. Yeah, it's very redundant and it repeats itself. <laughs> there was also a bit of an argument between the herdsmen of Lot and Avram. At this time, the Kanani and the Prizi were living in the land. That's just a random verse to let us know the Prizi have shown up to somewhere in the land of Canaan. <laughs> so write that down. Please, Avram said to Lot, I don't want to be that I don't want there to be fighting between us or between our herdsmen. We are brothers. You have that whole land before you. Let's split up. If you go left, I will go right. And if you go right, I will go left. Basically just get the fuck away from me. <laughs> Lot lifted his eyes and saw how well watered the entire plain of Yarden was, all of it. This was before Jehovah destroyed Sodom and Amorah. Spoilers! Come on! <laughs> Just like the garden of Jehovah or like Mitzrayim, Lot chose the Yarden plain and traveled east. Thus the brothers were separated from one another. Avram settled in the land of Canaan and Lot settled in the cities of the plain, pitching his tent near Sodom. This time, because it's Sodom, it's actually talking about boners. <laughs> the people of Sodom were evil and sinned quite a bit towards God. I think actually, like, 
when you're really little and you learn about Saddam, like I was, I remember being like legitimately like fearful yeah. of, of, of this terrible place where like, you know, I remember actually they would, because there were stories in like the Midrash of like some girl who was like covered in like honey and left on a roof to be like eaten by bees. Yeah, they were just these jerks. Now, they were really... Go have your recess, six-year-old. Awful people. They deserved it. Yeah. <laughs> All that butt stuff. Yeah. Raise your eyes, God told Avram after he'd split from Lot, and look around you from where you are now. North, south, east, and west. Spin, Avram, spin. <laughs> <laughs> I shall give the land you're looking... Sorry. <clears throat> I shall give the land you're looking at to you and your offspring forever. There you go. There it is. Pivotal moment for the Jews. So, but, but also, I mean, if you think about it... You he hear d that, Palestinians? No yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> but if you, if you think about it, there are no actual borders because he's just saying, look around, and as far as you can see, that's all yours. That is very hard to, to really figure out exactly what the, you know, borders of that land are, or the parameters of that promise are. At least so far. Okay, that was a joke. That was a joke, but I just joke about politics because I'm dumb and I don't know what else to do with it. So um, delete that from the thing. Um, I will make right. I will make your seed like the dust of the land. Dusty semen. <laughs> oh, that's gross. If man is able to count the dust of the land, then your children will be able to be counted. Get up and walk in the land. Walk its length and its breadth, since I will give it to you. Avram lifted his tent and moved to live among the oaks of Mamre that were in Hebron. There he built an altar to God. Now, in those days, the following kings got together. I think we'll call these kings the King's Crew with two Ks. <laughs> um, what's their gang color, do you think? I think their gang color is um, royal blue. Cool. I'm going to say. I think those are called Crips. Techelet. Oh, they're like early proto-crips. Proto-crips, the king's crew. Amraphel, king of Shinar, Aryon, king of Elsar, Kedarlaomer, king of Elam, Tidal, king of Goyim. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, that's like it's a, a place. That sounds like a big one. That yeah, sounds like a big one. It's just one. everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> the king's crew fought a war with these five kings. I think we'll call these the posse of kings. <laughs> These are the these are the proto bloods. Yes, exactly. Bera, king of Storm, Birsha, king of Amora, Shinav, king of Adama, Shemever, king of Tsvoyim, Tsoar, king of Bela. The king's crew joined forces in the valley of Sidim, which is now the Salt Sea. You might know this as the Dead Sea, but since this is a literal translation, um, Salt Sea is kind of redundant, I think. <laughs> it's very salty. Yes, very. Um, for 12 years, all the kings served Kedar Laomer. Kings serving other kings is very strange given how we normally think of kings, I think. This is kind of like a Russian nesting doll of kings inside of other kings. Yeah, I just think of like mini kings. Yeah. Maxi kings. <laughs> In the 13th year, they revolted. Or like, or like mommy kings, baby kings. Aww. <laughs> Little mini kings, King Junior. Yeah. I want a baby king. That Kedar Laomer. <laughs> In the 13th year, they revolted. In the 14th year, Kedarla Omer and his posse of kings struck the Rephaim in Ashtarot Karnaim, in the Zuvim in Ham, in the Amim in Shaveh Kiryatayim, in the Hori, in the hill country. Following? Uh, of Seir, yeah. as far as El Paran, which is near the desert. Just, I love how it adds that bit of perspective yeah, the at the desert. end. The desert. <laughs> they came back and went to Ain Mishpat, which is Kadesh, and quelled the Amaleki and the Emori, who live in the Chatzetzon Tamar. There is so much happening in this chapter. Yeah. Battle scenes. This is like a... It's like Braveheart. 
Yeah, I was gonna say like lost, and I was like, no, it's not like lost at all. So <laughs> it's we not like lost. That's chapter one. <laughs> I remember I watched Lost like eight years after everyone else did, and I watched the entire thing in like couple of weeks like in my bed and um <clears throat> for a long time you I cheated. could think about nothing else and like I, everything I looked at I'd be like that's like lost like <laughs> I remember there was like a large tree outside my apartment and it reminded me of like the smoke monster and I was just like it's like lost do you know that when taxi cabs <laughs> print out <laughs> the receipt it's the exact yeah. same sound oh effect as a smoke monster oh, it's yeah. terrifying yeah 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 okay. yeah no that is definitely <laughs> where some some like genius folly artist that sound <laughs> and was like in another context this sounds terrifying <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you'll be walking down 2nd Avenue and just be like, what the fuck? <laughs> Jacob! At this point, the posse of kings sallied forth into lost jokes, right? Yeah. Let's uh, get back hash- to the hashtag, hashtag lost jokes in 2013. That's me, relevant as always. <laughs> At this point, the posse of kings sallied forth into the valley of, of the Shadim and took on the king's crew in an all-out war. Yeah. It was a battle of kings. Four, five on four king war. King power play. That's a little hockey joke. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if there are like biblical like war reenactors somewhere. I really hope so because why? Why not? I'm right? <laughs> Who's in? Who's in? Well, wait till we read the next paragraph because it's pretty amazing. I have I I've spoken too soon, probably. The valley of the Sidim was pockmarked by gaping asphalt pits. <laughs> <laughs> and as they were retreating, the kings of Sodom and Amorah fell into these pits. Kings of Sodom and Amorah, more like the kings of comedy, am I right? <laughs> this is also really bad foreshadowing of the fate of their cities. The rest fled to the hill country. And presumably ran straight into a bunch of trees or something. I picture like Appalachia, you know? Yeah, the hill country. <laughs> The king's crew, I picture like Winter's Bone, right? You know what I mean? Like they yeah. just run into this, like the set of Winter's Bone. They run into Kenneth from 30 Rock. What's great is that like this is the whole battle. There's just these pits and they run into them and that's how the five kings how win. Dumb, how dumb are those kings? Four kings, sorry. The king's crew grabbed the wealth. How did they wealth. get to be kings? <laughs> the king's crew grabbed the wealth and provisions of Storm and Amora and left. They also took Lot... Um, Brother, son of Avram. Yes, that's the <coughs> correct translation. Me. And everything he had. After all, he lived in Stom. A refugee came to tell Avram the Ivri, who was living among the oaks of Mamre the Amori, brother of Eshkol and Aner, with whom Avram had signed a treaty. Just so you know, Avram signed a treaty with these people. We're getting this in the past tense. So apparently, Avram got into some, pom- some diplomacy that wasn't captured in any of what we've read so far. When Avram learned that Lot had been captured, he gathered those who had been born into his home, 318 in all, and set off as far as Dan. With his forces, Avram mounted a night attack on the king's crew, defeated them, and chased them to Hova, which is the le- which is left of Damashek. To the left, <laughs> which is so not useful in terms <laughs> of orientation. To the left, <laughs> and also Avram is somehow a military genius, even though so far he's just walked around a bunch. <laughs> he returned all the stuff they had taken. Oh, and yelled out, "Yehovah!" <laughs> um, Lot, his brother, it's his safe word. Yes. Um, Lot, his brother, and all he had with him. Abraham also returned the, wom- the women and all the people. After Abraham got back from vanquishing King Kedarla Omer and all those other kings, the king of Stom came out to greet him in the Valley of Shavuot, which is now, which is known as the Valley of the King. God, I think that at this point the word king has lost all meaning. I think it just means guy. Yeah. Dude. It's like du- it's like Bible for dude. It would be called, I think it's like or, mayor uh, or like 
mayor. You know, city councilman. But it's like a four square mayor. You but know what I mean? Like anyone, <laughs> like anyone can have. Yeah, it. exactly. But I feel like the battle of the four city councilmen versus the five city councilmen just doesn't have the same ring to it. <laughs> Melchizedek, the king of Shalem, brought out bread and wine. He was a high priest of El, the Almighty. So some people say this is actually Shem, Noah's son, and then apparently El is the same. God as Jehovah. Shem has got to be pretty old by now, but be according to chapter 4, he lived to 403, so it could be him, maybe. Who knows? He has booze and food, so he's cool. We're in. Avraham Malkitedek said, is blessed by El the Almighty, creator of the sky and the ground. And El the Almighty is blessed for having protected you, putting your enemies into your hand. Avraham gave Malkitedek a tenth of everything. 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 Even Sarai. But Aww. just a tenth. <laughs> oh, I need to stop making jokes like that. That's the question. Which tenth? <laughs> just like, just part of the toe. Just like a one boob. Yeah. <laughs> um, which I guess would have been like, a, she, yeah, if it's a tenth. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> Give me the souls and you can yeah. take the bounty you already have, the king of Storm said to Avram. Give me the souls? That's not a creepy thing to say. <laughs> I lift my hand, Avram said, to Jehovah, highest God, creator of the sky and the ground. I will not take so much as a thread or a sandal strap from you. You won't be able to say, I'm the one who made Avram so rich. I've only taken a portion large enough to feed my charges and the people who went with me, Aner, Eshkol and Mamre, they'll take their portion. Just a reminder, Anel, Eshkol and Mamre are just some characters with whom Avram made a, a treaty. And Avram lives inside Mamre's trees. But that's it. That's chapter five. That was a really, really exciting chapter. I liked it. What do you think of chapter five? Yeah. That was crazy. There was so much that happened in that chapter. Like chapters. Some, someone's one, boob got cut off. Yeah, someone's boob got cut off. Some people fell into a hole and died. <laughs> there were some pratfalls. Um, there was like an entire uh, uh, slapstick comedy. There was a comedy. gang war. Biggie there got was, shot. There was like uh, some. <laughs> There was some, you know, missed identity things going on in yeah. Egypt. It was pretty crazy. Um, Black so Friday sales were somewhere in the middle of all that as well. <laughs> it was just like a very busy time. Avram was making treaties, meeting diplomats. Um, living in trees. <laughs> so, uh, at this point in the past, I've had the final thoughts, but I realized that at this point we could do something called a Devar Torah. Typically, you know, you speak about the Torah and it's called a Devar Torah, which literally means a word of Torah but I think we should call it Torah words. So Esther, do you have any Torah words about this week's, this month's chapter? I like the idea of just having like, like singular, like, like, a, like a Torah word. One Torah word. You know what I mean? Do you, I, think, I like that idea too. I think we're gonna change Torah words yeah. to just Torah Locusts. words. Locusts. Locusts? <laughs> well, what's, is that your Torah word for this chapter or do you have something else? Oh, for this chapter, that's yeah. just like a general Torah word. I think for this chapter, my Torah, like a good like buzz, like a Torah buzzword would be, um, Let's think. Let's Don't think. say kings because that's I too obvious. I can't say kings. I no. can't say kings. Kings is too obvious. And I can't. I can't yell out Jehovah either. No, you that's can't. Like, that's really overdone. <laughs> that's a real. That's an overdone trope in the Bible. Um, sister. Uh, hey, sister. sister. I yeah. like that. I'm going down the same path. My Torah word for this month: pimp. <laughs> 
That's a good choice. But in addition to that, I wanted to say, and we might get to this, we might not, but it's interesting that people consider Avram to be the uh, father of monotheism or the founder of monotheism because so far there's not much that's really indicated that he created this. God revealed himself to him uh, and God told him to do some things, but it's not necessarily clear, at least according to a strict reading of the text, that God didn't reveal himself to anybody else or that there weren't other people who just believed in God. All of that and I know, I mean all of that is Midrash where some additional stories and all of that is Rashi but if we read just the text of this thing God revealed himself to Avram. There are some souls. It still which sounds like someone's being flashed, right? Yeah. Like God revealed himself. Ha- Hashem in a, like a giant trench coat. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. He just walked up, revealed himself. God appeared to Avram, told him to go to a place, and Avram went with souls which may or may not be converts, depending on how we want to read the story. I just thought that was an interesting way to approach this. Um, you know, you're obviously able to believe any interpretation of this that you can, but I think that it's interesting that that's one possible interpretation where that historical moment doesn't actually exist in the text. So, huh. that's, that's, that's... Yes, exactly. So, well, that, that's a thing too. That's one of the kings. That's um, the question was asked if one person had L, and that was um, that was uh, somebody that was Malkitzedek, the king of Shalem. Some people say that that is Shame, uh, one of the sons of Noah, but that's just an interpretation of it. That's something that people add to it that may or may not be true. He could just be Malkitzedek, who believes in another god who created the world, or it's the same god who created the world, depending on how you read the text. Which I, I again think is an interesting, an interesting thing to take away from that. I'm not telling you to believe that or listen to me. I'm just saying that it exists. Um, but thank you so much for coming out for chapter five. This has been a really fun chapter for me. Um, before we end, Esther, I wanted to ask you if you have anything to plug. If there's any any projects that you're working on, and anything that you want people to go if they've listening to the podcast or they're here at this show, you want them to do or check out online or in life. Um, let's see. Well, I have my podcast, Sounds Ace. That's kind of just a fun thing. If you like music, you can subscribe free, obviously, through iTunes. Actually, the other day, we decided with some other friends that we were going to write a, a television pilot. <laughs> yes. We're, and, we're... and the working title, I love this. Well, it's, all like, like, it's, it's all about ourselves, but it's called Jewish Nonprofit. Yes. <laughs> oh. um... <laughs> it's pretty great. Um, so far, we have one page, so we'll see if it actually. So we happens. have one page, and I, well, the first thing I said, I was like, "All I want to have is a pilot, so that like I can have my character walk into a room with a mug and be like, this coffee really does a number on me, shit wise.' That was like, and then I was like, once that line's in, I'm good.' That line hit already. Yeah, so that's good. <laughs> Um, anyway, so, so yeah. look for that in 2015. Yeah, 2015. Yes. Um, 20, a thousand. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I guess keep an eye out for my comics. I, I should be drawing some new ones soon. Um, Is there a website or a Twitter or a Facebook page? People yeah, I mean, you can follow me on Twitter. <laughs> um, my, my handle is that sounds ace. Um, and then I'm very, uh, I'm very Googleable. Um, it's terrible. <laughs> oh, yeah, I have tote bags with comics on them. Those are cool. <laughs> Etsy, they're on Etsy. Do you sell them, or are you just I'm saying so that those are cool? I'm so bad at marketing myself. You know, <laughs> no, like often my mum, I'll, I'll have a good idea, and my mum's like, like I, I'm happy to do everything for free all the time. My mum's always like, well, how can you make money on that? And it's like, ah. <laughs> oh. Anyway, I'll just, I'll just give you, I'll just make you things. Well, thank you, thank you. Um, the sh- yeah, where are they? Like, is there a place, is there, can they go to a website or? Yeah, so, yeah, so if you go to estewerdigo.com. There we go. Um, est- yeah, I guess. 
I'll, I'll give you <laughs> EstherWhereToGo.com. Esther Don't do that. Don't do that. This is, we're showing some totes on stage right now. Okay, I just want to... Which, <laughs> if you're listening to the podcast, this is great for you. I did not bring merchandise here to sell tonight. That's like <laughs> to, to mail to someone tomorrow, actually, a real order. So, um, yeah, if you go to my website, there's links to the podcast, there's links to my Tumblr, there's links to comics, there's links to everything. So that's EstherWerdiger.com. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I am on Twitter at OMGWTFBible, uh, Facebook at Facebook.com slash OMGBible. Uh, the website is OMGWTFBible.com, and as always, you can listen to the podcast on iTunes. Uh, any place that you can listen to podcasts, we're on Stitcher Audio. So if you have the Stitcher Smart app for your phone, you can listen to that there. And be sure to join us for our next episode because next month in the Bible, God asks Avram to do something crazy to his wiener. Dun dun. Yes, thank you.